here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Hey, Mr. Producer, I don't mean to catch you by surprise, but if we wanted to conduct some kind of a petition, think about how ways we could do that here on the air, and then how it would uh, be done via the Internet. In other words, is there a way to keep a list? Because I have something in mind. And once we figure this out, America, I will tell you about it. Hopefully tomorrow we'll have something figured out. Not to put you on the spot. I wanted to leave with this tonight. Gulf Cartel apologizes for kidnapping, killing U.S. citizens. Surrenders five gunmen. We don't know if they're the five gunmen or not, but... This is where we are. The Matamoros faction of the Gulf Cartel tied up five of their own gunmen Thursday and left them alive. They're a poster board as an apology for kidnapping and killing U.S. citizens over the past weekend. Authorities located the five gunmen during pre-dawn hours next to a black pickup in Matamoros. In a handwritten poster, the scorpion cell of the Gulf Cartel apologized, claiming the gunmen were not acting on orders or with approval from leadership. The Gov Cartel also apologized for the killing of an innocent bystander during the violent abduction. The move comes after days of immense political and police pressure after four U.S. citizens from South Carolina went missing last week. The gunmen were able to chase the victims in their vehicle, shoot at and kidnap them without any interference from police or military forces. The media and political pressure after the kidnapping of Lativate McKee Shahid Woodward, Zindel Brown, and Eric James Williams caused a large military and police response. But it caused more than that. I went on air, and as you know, I said that we need to uh, send our military, and by that I meant our jet fighters over there, and take care of business. We know where their headquarters are. We know where their main plants are. We know the whole thing. You have members of Congress 
who are starting to say the same thing. Starting to say the same thing. Violent, vicious torturers and killers only know one thing. Fear. And if all their businesses are on the line and all their families are on the line and everything is on the line, including their lives, then they have something to fear. Do I believe this is true, what took place here? Yes. I don't know if these are the five gunmen or not. But there's no reason to believe that they're not. And it really is remarkable. It's remarkable because on our side of the border, and not the president, not the Secretary of Defense, not the head of the FBI, not the Attorney General, but the people, you, me, we're fed up. It's our citizens who are being slaughtered by fentanyl and other drugs. It's our citizens who are being slaughtered, several of them, as they go over to Mexico, kidnapped. We the people. And we've had enough of it, and these politicians are incapable of doing anything about it. We pay them our taxes, they keep pushing us around, what we can do with our land, whether we can keep our land, whether we can keep our car. Yes, it's endless, pushing us around, bullying us, pulling us, it's endless. Brainwashing our children, threatening people who disagree with them. It's just, it's just too much. And then they don't, they don't protect us in the streets. They don't protect us from drug cartels, period. But there's a lot that's taken place today, and all of it affects you, so I want to get into this. Joe Biden is proposing $4.7 trillion in new taxes. $4.7 trillion in new taxes. And so they just keep spending, they just keep creating debt, and they just keep taxing us. Now they'll talk about we only tax the rich. I want to ask you folks, anybody out there earn under 400000 Of course. The vast majority of you. Have you seen your costs go up? Yes, of course. And so this inflation stuff is a tax on you, and that's intentional. Because he wants to be able to go around, Biden does, to say I haven't raised taxes on you, and yet he has. For so many people, they have to choose between groceries and gasoline and on and on and on. And he proposes the most outrageous, irresponsible budget in human history. And we all know the federal government treats our money so well. All that COVID money is still around, hundreds of billions of dollars. And now they're handing it to left-wing groups and all the rest of it. And all the rest of it. All of these special interests that support the Democrat Party, whether they're billionaires or teacher union uh, leaders, those thugs and so forth, they all benefit. They're all taken care of. This entire budget is once again a budget for Democrats. To support Democrats and the Democrat base. Massive redistribution of wealth. It's all Marxist crap. That's what it is. Marxist crap. I want to give you the list of tax increases that he's proposing. That is Biden. And I want to make it abundantly clear. Any tax increase has an effect on private sector 
growth and prosperity has an effect on your jobs and your income? Haven't they done enough damage? Haven't they spent enough money? Haven't they created enough debt and hardship? So we go to our friends at Americans for Tax Reform. There is no better. Biden's fiscal year 2024 budget proposal contains nearly $4.7 trillion in new tax hikes on American individuals and businesses. Biden's proposed tax hikes come just months after Democrats passed more than $700 billion in tax increases in the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. So in a year's time, they will have increased taxes by $5.4 trillion. And it won't even come close to digging us out of the debt cycle that these fools have pushed us into. Biden's budget proposal is a direct violation of his campaign pledge to not raise taxes on small businesses. Here's a list of tax hikes included in Biden's proposal. Highest personal income tax rate since 1986. 1986. Biden's budget calls for a top combined federal tax rate of about 45%. 45%. 45 cents out of every dollar. Highest capital gains tax since 1978. 1978, almost half a century ago. A rate over twice as high as China's capital gains tax. You want to know why China succeeds? That's a communist regime. It is a communist regime that will have a lower capital gains tax than the United States of America. Got it? Biden's plan nearly doubles, doubles the capital gains tax rate for investment to 39.6%, effectively 40%, from 20%. The U.S. currently has a combined capital tax rate of 29%. And that includes the 3.8% Obamacare tax and the 5.4% state average capital gains rate. Under Biden, this rate would approach 50%. This would give the United States a capital gains tax that is significantly higher than virtually all foreign competitors. Blue states, such as California, would see capital gains rates above 60%. Now, you might say, what does that have to do with me? Really? You have money in mutual funds? That has to do with you. That has to do with you. Your pensions, right? Your home, right? Corporate tax rate higher than communist China. A 31% increase from 21% to 28%. So the, just be clear. The capital gains rate will be twice as high as communist China's. The corporate tax rate will be higher than communist China's. Biden raises the current 21% federal corporate income tax rate to 28%, higher than communist China's 25%. And note that industry uh, sectors of strategic use to China, they pay an even lower rate of 15% or even 10%. That's, that's how you, t- you know what, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this. The genocidal maniacs who run China understand tax policy better than the, the American Marxist maniacs that run our country. 
After adding state corporate income taxes, the combined federal-state-run rate under Biden amounts to 32% corporate rate. One-third of every dollar. American workers will bear the brunt of Biden's corporate tax increase. The nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation affirmed in congressional testimony, corporate tax rate heights would hit, quote, labor and laborers, unquote. He's going to do this in the middle of, a, of inflation that's moving into a recession? I'm telling you we have stagflation. I've been saying this all along. Nobody wants to use that phrase, but that's where we are. This tax increase will be passed along to families in the form of higher prices of goods and services. For instance, a 2020 study by the National Bureau of Economic Research found 31% of the corporate tax falls on consumers. And a corporate tax increase will harm workers in the form of lower wages and fewer jobs. So there's only so many variables. You've got to raise prices. Uh, You've got to take it out of the workers. Either the number of workers or what you're paying them or both. See, but if you've worked in the federal government your entire life, in the two years you didn't, you're getting, you're getting money from the communist Chinese, you don't know this. Or you don't care. Or if you're uh, part of the uh, teachers union and public sector unions of that sort, you don't care because none of this matters to you. Then this is the one that really gets me. An unconstitutional wealth tax on unrealized gains. Now I want you to think about this. Biden's budget calls for an annual, every year, 20% minimum tax on the unrealized gains of individuals with income and assets exceeding $100 million. Then your eyes glaze everything. That has nothing to do with me. I don't care. It has everything to do with you. We need people to invest in the private sector, to invest in technologies, to invest in oil drilling. $100 million for capital investments, it's a drop in the bucket. It's a drop in the bucket. We're not talking about what's in your savings account here. This is a $360 billion annual tax increase. Now, this wealth, as we say, it's not realized. So nothing's been sold. Nothing's been sold. It's the latest attempt by the Democrats to reshape the tax code and pass a tax on unrealized gains. Imagine in your own life being taxed every year by the federal government on, your, on the value of your home. 20%. Just sits there. You haven't sold it. Well, that's what they're talking about. The new tax is similar to the wealth taxes pushed by radical leftists such as Senator Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Capital gains taxes should only be paid when an asset is sold. Biden's proposal would break with current tax policy and tax Americans based on the value of an asset on a particular arbitrary date. So you'd be reporting to the IRS. What is your wealth? Wait a minute, that's not what is your wealth? Where do you get it from? Well, I, I don't have any income. It doesn't matter. We're taxing your wealth every year. But don't worry, it's $100 million or more. And by the way, it starts at $100 million, then it goes to $10 million, then it goes to $1 million, then it goes to you. Because the government's out of money, and they're desperate, 
and they're coming for you. It would empower the IRS, encourage taxpayers to move assets overseas, could grow to hit millions of Americans over time. You better believe it will. It would also harm the economy, impose retroactive taxation, because that's exactly what it'll do. More on this when I return. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. A wealth tax on unrealized gains, of course, is unconstitutional. We had to amend the Constitution to have the income tax. There is no provision in the Constitution, even under the so-called tax clause, that permits it. But Joe Biden doesn't care because he's an autocrat. And so they keep pushing this agenda. It's a radical left agenda to try and separate you from your money. And one day it will be applied to you if they get away with this. And let's hope they don't. You know, that conservative Supreme Court might stop them. That would be good. But it would mean that you would have an annual tax of 20%. Let's say your pension fund or you have a mutual fund and it's invested in a stock that goes up. Well, you would be taxed on that stock. Where are you going to get the money to pay for that? Where are you going to get the money to pay for that? It's an investment. And so we want people to have long-term investments to pay for their own pensions and so forth. This would kill all that. This would kill investment in infrastructure. This would, this would kill it all. It would drive the stock market into the toilet. This is what happens with Democrats. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. 
When Mark Levin speaks, the backbenchers take notes. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Here's Biden in Philadelphia today. Cut 12, go. I ran to grow the economy from the middle out and the bottom up and not the top down. And I know when I grew up, my dad's kitchen table, not a whole lot trickle down on trickle down economics. You know, I'm a little sick and tired of his games about how he grew up in a black neighborhood, a Puerto Rican neighborhood, about how he was part of the civil rights movement, but he wasn't part of the civil rights movement, about how poor dad and poor mom couldn't put food on the table when, in fact, they did have food on the table. I'm sick and tired of this. It's always about him. We used to talk about how Barack, uh, Obama used I, I, I. Well, this guy, it's constant. It's constant. And he lies constantly. Trickle-down economics, that's Reagan. We had the greatest explosion of economic growth in the history of the United States since the Industrial Revolution. Since the Industrial Revolution. The growth was so massive... It worked through the Clinton administration, for which he took credit. The economy grew 30% under Reagan. 30%. Joe Biden's not growing anything. Except older and older and older. Trickle down, they call it. So if you get a government check, that's not trickle down. If you're on the government dole, that's not trickle down. Well, what is it? The top down. What's with this Marxist pablum? They'll never embrace capitalism. Because capitalism takes the power out of government's hands and gives it to you. And so what do they want to do? They spend monstrous amounts of money. And McConnell was in on it. McConnell was in on it. And so are 18 other Republicans. Lindsey Graham. And they're not alone. They were in on it. And now they, they want to tax and tax and tax and tax. This doesn't work. Reagan used to say tax and spend Democrats, because that's what they are, but it's worse. Tax and spend and bankrupt Democrats. That's what they are. Then he continues to lie. Cut 13, go. No one making less than $400,000. No one making less than $400,000 will see a penny in federal taxes go up. Not a single penny. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Folks, you're paying more for food. You're paying more for energy. You're paying more for housing. The value of the dollar's gone down. The government did that. The Democrats did that. Now, obviously, that's a tax. It's a tax for the profligate. Marxist-like agenda, the Democrats in Washington, D.C. It's like running for president of Venezuela and saying, I'm not going to raise your taxes. That's fine. I can't eat. I can't afford anything. I'm just going to destroy your economy. I'm just going to take food off your table. I'm just going to take gasoline out of your car. I'm just going to drive up all kinds of prices. That's all. But don't worry. I won't tax you one penny. Well, how is it that the federal government's getting so big? If he says the wealthy aren't paying their fair share, and he's not going to tax anyone anyone who's earning under $400,000, you follow me, Mr. Reducer? Well, where's the money coming from? 
If the wealthy aren't paying and you're not going to pay, then who's paying? You're all paying. Listen to this idiot. This moron. Massive budget increase. This is a, on top of all the other spending that we've never seen before. Who is going to pay for this debt? Your kids are going to get slaughtered here financially. They're going to, they're going to be poor. They're going to be impoverished. Cut 14, go. And the world's getting a hell of a lot more complicated. And a hell of a lot more complicated. Thinks he's a very tough, smart guy. It's a hell of a lot more complicated. A hell of a lot more. You're such a friggin' moron. Go ahead. Oh, I've increased my budget. We increase it now, as I said. We're making a. We're we're paying an, another eight hundred twenty dollars to help people from families with low incomes. Let's connect students' careers and opportunities. Wow, $820 more for people with low incomes. How much is that over the course of a year, Mr. Producer? It's less than $80 a... What is it? Like 70 bucks a month? Meanwhile, it costs billions and billions and billions of dollars to the debt. He just hands out money like candy, and it's never enough because people can't survive over what government hands them. But here, we'll give you this. Students, we'll give you this. Yeah, yeah. Illegal aliens, we'll give you this. Don't worry. And if you oppose them, must be a MAGA, MAGA Republican. Go ahead. In high school, we should provide for two years of community college. By the way, in school, when you're in your sophomore, junior ah, high school. Shut up, you moron. You're just a clown. That's all you are. Never ends. Got four billion ideas. They have a million ideas. The spending never stops. The printing never stops. We're going to tax the rich. How many times are people going to fall for that crap? Do you feel like he's taxed the rich, America? Do you feel like you haven't been affected by any of this? Come on. It's going to tax the rich. It's going to collapse the stock market. It's going to collapse capital investment. He'll destroy job creation. Who the hell does he think creates jobs in this country? Him? Him? The radical left? Aach and her crowd? They don't create anything. They don't know how to create anything. They've never created anything. And they're totally unaffected by this. This guy talks about saving Medicare. He didn't pay in his fair share to Medicare for two years when he was earning $17 million. Wow. I'm sure that was all legit. $17 million. And he set up as corporations. He and the doctor. He being the patient, the mental patient. And uh, they set up these S corporations, has been reported multiple times in the Federalist. And they set up these, these corporations so he wouldn't have to pay Medicare and Obamacare taxes. And now he wants to raise them. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Has that been pointed out tonight on the news stations? No. Why? Why hasn't that been pointed out tonight? That Joe Biden and Jill Biden... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you can pick which is which. I guess they're both Mr. Hyde. Ms. Hyde, excuse me. Well, no, that doesn't matter. 
But just listen to me very carefully. He evades paying Medicare taxes and Obamacare taxes on several millions of dollars that they put aside in these S-corporations. So they don't count it as salary, so they don't have to pay those payroll taxes. That was set up by a clever accountant. And that went on for two years when he was in the private sector and was earning his most amount of money that we know of. I'm not counting the under-the-table money from his communist Chinese buddies and from his drug-addled son. Just that which we know of. And there's not a single report in the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, the Constipated News Network, MSLSD, or really any other news except me. I'm telling you. Then you say, the rich have to pay their fair share. Anybody who earns over $400,000, they earned over $400,000. They worked very hard for it. I believe he got that nine hundred grand right? for the unhinged. But he didn't pay his fair share, America. Ooh. He doesn't have to worry about food prices, gasoline prices, housing price, nothing. He's a snarky, nasty old man. And when he was younger, he was a snarky, nasty punk. And I say that with all due respect. The middle up, the bottom out. What are you talking about, you clown? No wonder you graduated near the bottom of your class in law school. No wonder you had to plagiarize and cheat, you jerk. No wonder you had to lie about every aspect of your life, you moron. And I say that, as I say, with all due respect. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. story I want to read to you, but there is a lot more to get to here. Well, before we do that, I want to get to Kevin McCarthy. He made a very important statement today. Hat tip just the news to, uh, to close the loop on this thing. Cut 11, go. And I firmly believe one of the greatest threats to America is our debt. And the Congressional Budget Office recently came out with their new projections, and they look at everything in a 10-year window. Just to look at the next 10-year window for the first time, Three trust funds go insolvent. The Highway Trust Fund, Medicare, and Social Security. So if nothing happens, they're in debt. 
we watch that in the next 10 years, Americans will pay $10.5 trillion just on the interest on our debt. Now, to put that in perspective, since 1940 till today, America has only paid $9 trillion in interest. So in the next 10 years, we'll pay more than we paid in the last 80 years. And this is what's happening. It's unsustainable. We don't have the workforce to do this. The welfare state is massively expanding. Redistribution of wealth is taking place all around us. The government's desperate. It's printing money, which is destroying the value of the currency and pension funds. Um, And now they want to spend more, a whole lot more. And Biden is trying to persuade you that he'll tax the rich and this will fix it because the rich aren't paying taxes. The truth is the rich pay most of the taxes, federal income taxes. But that said, again, I want you to think about the logic of this. If the rich aren't paying taxes and he insists that he's not raising taxes on anybody under 400000 then nobody's paying taxes. So that sounds ridiculous. This is a massive spending bill. A massive tax increase bill, and none of it is going to reduce or even stop the growth of the debt. None of it. This guy's 80 years old. He'll be long dead and gone by this time this thing explodes. Meanwhile, we have the Social Security Trust Fund that the trustees tell us is dead in 10 years. We have the Medicare Trust Fund that those trustees tell us is dead in two years. The Highway Trust Fund has been drained of all its money. We're dealing with crooks. These politicians are crooks. These Democrats are the biggest crooks the world has ever known. Ever. Ever. And so they want you to follow the shiny object, the rich, the rich, the rich. It's like CRT and inequity and and all the rest of it. It's constant changing of language, constant moving of the boundaries. It's unbelievable. This is what I wanted to read to you. It's in the Los Angeles Times. Like many, oh, oh, you want to hear the headline? How white and affluent drivers are polluting the air breathed by L.A.'s people of color. Do you see this, Mr. Medusa? Like many Angelinos, I spent a lot of time behind, Sammy Roth writes, spent a lot of time behind the wheel of my car. I drive from my west side apartment to Dodger Stadium near downtown and farther east to hike in the St. Gabriel Mountains, I take the 405 freeway north to the San Fernando Valley to see friends or occasionally south to L.A. Times office or to the airport where I grow my carbon footprint even further. So I couldn't help but consider my own complicity while reading a new study from USC researchers, finding that Angelinos who drive more tend to be exposed to less air pollution and Angelinos who drive less tend to be exposed to more pollution. May sound like a paradox, but it's not. It's a function of the racism that shaped this city and its suburbs and continues to influence our daily lives and a stark reminder of the need for climate solutions that benefit everyone. My colleague Terry Castleman wrote about the study, which was published in the peer-reviewed journal Urban Studies. The core finding is that for every 1% increase in miles driven to and from work by people who live in a particular part of L.A. County, there's an estimated 0.62% decrease in the lung-damaging fine particle matter for which these Angelinos are exposed. How is that possible? I asked the study's lead author, Jeff Boeing, a professor at USC, Seoul Price School of Public Policy, told me, largely comes down to the shameful history of Los Angeles County's low-income communities of color being torn apart to make way for freeways. Oh, 
What about those trains and so forth that go through Palestine? Well, that's another story. In history that's been extensively documented by the Times. Today, many residents of the county's whiter, more affluent neighborhoods who are often able to keep highways out of their own backyards commute to work through lower-income black and Latino neighborhoods bisected by the 10, the 110, and the 105 freeways and more. So it's the suburbanites, the whites, the affluent, driving through communities of color who are polluting their air. My goodness. And what is the answer to that, Mr. Producer? To eliminate cars and to eliminate these communities. That is the suburbs. Be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, You Remember when Don, Donald uh, Trump called the media the fake news, and he had a lot of good reason to do it because so much of what they were reporting was fake. Uh, you had the head of the New York Times that covered up the Holocaust go on about how he was endangering freedom, sounded like Stalin. And you had others, Thomas Friedman and so forth, all saying the same thing. Today we had an exposition by the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee in which they tried to defend the government's use of social media platforms to ban speech. They had no problem with the violations of the First Amendment. They had no problems with them working with the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, intelligence agencies, or anybody else. And they trashed these two journalists, both of whom are liberals, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger. Just viciously attacked them. But first, I want you to hear what these journalists had to say. Cut one, go. Again, Ranking Member Plaskett, I would note that the evidence of Twitter government relationship includes lists of tens of thousands of names on both the left and right. The people affected include Trump supporters, but also left-leaning sites like Consortium and Truthout, the leftist South American channel Telesur, the Yellow Vest movement. That, in fact, is a key point of the Twitter files, that it's neither a left nor right issue. Following the trail of communications between Twitter and the federal government across Tens of thousands of emails led to a series of revelations. Mr. Chairman, we summarized and submitted them to the committee in the form of a new Twitter file thread, which was also released to the public this morning. We learned Twitter, Facebook, Google, and other companies developed a formal system for taking in moderation requests from every corner of government, from the FBI, the DHS, the HHS, DOD, the Global Engagement Center at State, even the CIA. For every government agency scanning Twitter, 
there were perhaps 20 quasi-private entities doing the same thing, including Stanford's Election Integrity Partnership, NewsGuard, the Global Disinformation Index, and many others, many taxpayer-funded. A focus of this fast-growing network, as Mike noted, is making lists of people whose opinions, beliefs, associations, or sympathies are deemed misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation. That last term is just a euphemism for true but inconvenient. Undeniably, the making of such lists is a form of digital McCarthyism. Digital McCarthyism, and there wasn't one Democrat on this committee who was concerned about it. Not one. Because they're exactly what I keep telling you there. They're Marxists. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in the competition of ideas. They compel uniformity. And they want to control what we say to each other, and they want to control what we hear. And if it comes from the Biden administration, and the FBI and the others are working to secure this administration's propaganda, then that's what's to be done. Michael Schellenberger, who had, had, who, who had to point out during the course of the hearing that he voted for Biden and that he's a liberal, uh, he had made this comment, cut to go. So you've seen them, you've seen this censorship industry go from, well, we're just fighting ISIS to, well, we're just fighting Russian disinformation bots to, well, now we need to fight domestic misinformation, which is just saying we need to fight against people who are saying things we disagree with online. That's all that means. And I, I mean, it's not a slippery slope. It's an immediate leap into a, a terrifying mechanism that I, we only see in totalitarian societies of attempting to gain control over what the social media platforms are, allow, are allowing. And so, um, yeah, for me, it's just, it starts at DHS, but we basically see um, almost every government agency involved in this. Now, we had the Democrat representing the Virgin Islands, who was very upset by all this. And um, she demanded to know from Matt Taibbi his sources. And I wonder if all the press out there is going to come to the defense of Taibbi and Schellenberger the way they did to Jim Acosta when his ass was thrown out of the out of the White House press room because he kept interrupting the President of the United States when he was trying to answer the question of other press types. And, of course, there were at least another half dozen CNN types there, but it didn't matter. Trump, you see, is against the free press, but the Democrats are all for it. Really? Here's Stacey Plaskett. You never heard of her, but she represents the Virgin Islands. And she's demanding that Taibbi tell her his sources. Cut four, go. And then who gave you access to these emails? Uh, Who was the individual that uh, gave you permission to access the emails? Well, the attribution from my story is sources at Twitter, and that's what I'm going to refer to. Okay. Uh, Did Mr. Musk contact you, Mr. Taibbi? Again, the attribution from my story is sources at Twitter. Mr. Schellenberger, did Mr. Musk contact you? Uh, Actually, no. I was brought in by my friend Barry Weiss, and so this story, there's been a lot of misinformation. So Mr. Weiss brought you in. Mr. Taibbi, Ms. Weiss, thank you. Mr. Taibbi, have you had conversations with Elon Musk? I have. Okay. Uh, Mr. Taibbi, did Mr. Musk place any conditions on the use of the Would the gentlelady yield for a second? Uh, as long as my time is not used. Are you, are you trying to get journalists? No, I'm not trying to get. Sources? No, I'm not. Well, I am asking. Like no, well, if you will let me finish, 
Are you, and you had conversations with him? Not, you said you weren't going to agree to who your sources were. I'm not asking you your source. I'm asking you if you had conversations with the owner of Twitter. And did Mr. Musk place any conditions on your use of the emails or documents? No. The, in fact, I was told uh, explicitly that um, we were uh, given license to look at present-day Twitter as well as past Twitter. This is why I've told you Elon Musk is a hero. They want to destroy that man. They even had the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, making demands of him about any journalist, the names and contacts of any journalists he ever spoke to during the course of this period. Can you believe that? I'm telling you, the Democrat Party is a totalitarian party. It's what it is today. Wants to take your property, wants to take your valuables, wants to take your wealth now and in the future. Wants to indoctrinate and brainwash your children. Wants to prevent you from speaking up at school board meetings because their unions control the classrooms. They're trying to put pro-lifers in prison. That's why you have to defend, I think, um, former President Trump against the wave after wave after wave of attacks against this man by local, state, and federal prosecutors because... You know, that could be us. And so the hearing goes on. Sylvia Garcia at the hearing on Twitter files today. Uh, And uh, Matt Taibbi. Let's take a listen. She's a leftist, of course. Cut five, go. Uh, Again, Congresswoman, that would... uh, I just need a date, sir. But I can't give it to you, unfortunately, because... This, this is a question of sourcing, and I don't give up. I'm it's a journalist. A, I don't reveal my sources. It's a question of chronology. No, that's a question because of sourcing. Because you earlier said that, that someone had sent you through the Internet some message about whether or not you would be interested in some information. Yes, and I refer to that person as a source. So you're not going to tell us when Musk first approached you? Again, Congressman, when you're asking me to re- you're asking your journalist to reveal so a source. So then you consider Mr. Musk to be the direct source of all of this? No, now you're you're trying to get me to say that he is the source. I I, I well, just can't answer your question. Well, he is or he isn't. If you're telling me you can't answer because it's your source, well, then that the only logical conclusion is that he is in fact your source. Well, you're free to conclude that. Well, sir, I just don't understand. You can't have it both ways, but let's move on. Cause but no, he can. He's a journalist. No, he can't, because either Musk is the source and he can't talk about it, or Musk is not the source. And if Musk is not the source, then he can discuss No one has yielded. The gentlelady's the out of order. You don't and get to speak. And she's out of order because he's interrupted. The gentlelady's not recognized. You're not recognizing my time. He has not said that. I don't. What he has said is he's not going to reveal his source. What's happening here is Plaskett from the Virgin Islands jumps in. She has no authority to jump in. Garcia keeps pressing this journalist, Matt Taibbi, on Musk because she wants to know the source of some information that he received. Have you ever heard anything like this? Have you, Mr. Producer? It's shocking. And so with the Democrats, how they view what they're going to do is to sabotage every hearing. They're going to seek to sabotage every hearing. They don't care. If the FBI is turned into the American Stasi, they don't care if the Attorney General of the United States is going after parents who want to protect their children. They support them going after pro-lifers. 
And they now hate Elon Musk because he's ripped the veil off of Twitter, which was effectively owned and paid for by the Democrat Party and the Biden administration. Because he believes in free speech. He put his money where his mouth is, and he put a lot of money there, and it wasn't the greatest investment. Musk is a hero. He's a hero of free speech and a free society. And I've been telling you this all along when people were attacking him. People on our side attacking that. We have some real whack jobs, I must say. Anyway, go ahead. Concerning to do so is such a We're asking him about his conversations with Musk. The lady has not yielded you time. You don't get I have to not yielded time her. to anybody. I want to reclaim my time, and I would ask the chairman to give me back some of the time. Wow. What happened to International Women's Day, Mr. Producer? Then there's this guy, Daniel Goldman. I pulled, I've called him out before. His entire existence is intended to undermine and sabotage every one of these hearings. He's a former assistant U.S. attorney out of the Southern District in New York. So he thinks he's hot crap. He's not hot crap. In fact, he sounds like a moron to me. Like a jackass to me. Cut six, go. Mr. Chairman, yeah. you have repeatedly said that this committee is all about protecting the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what's unfortunate here is that we are talking about Twitter and that we are not talking about Republican government officials around the country who are banning books. See what I mean? This has nothing to do with anything. You want to invite this guy on the show, Mr. Producer, this Daniel Goldman? I want to debate him. I desperately want to debate this guy. I want to debate him about books in the classroom, books in libraries. And which ones he thinks are appropriate or inappropriate. I want to debate about all of it. He's a tough guy. Shouldn't be afraid. I'm just a little radio host. Go ahead. About with the gentleman you? No, I will not. And we are not talking about See, Donald. That's typical of a rogue prosecutor. He makes an allegation. Jim Jordan says, "Will you yield?" No, 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 no. I'm not done with my blasphemy. Go ahead jailing his former counsel to prohibit him from publishing a book that the president did not want. The former president literally jailed his enemy. And we're here talking about Twitter. Former president didn't jail his enemy. That book that he's talking about violated federal statutes. I definitely need to debate this guy. Go ahead. Twitter. And even with Twitter, you cannot find actual evidence of any direct government censorship of any lawful speech. And when I say lawful. Yes, I can. It's not this guy. I got to debate this guy. The issue here. The issue here is. Not the. Lawful speech, the issue here is the Constitution. It's even more than that. The issue here is whether the government has the power to influence or pressure these, uh, these outlets. That's the issue. Go ahead. I mean non-criminal speech because 
plenty I'll of give you speech one. is non-criminal. I'll give you one. The gentleman's time to expire. I'd ask unanimous consent to enter into the record the following email from Clark Humphrey, Executive Office of the Presidency, White House Office, January 23rd, 2021. That's the Biden administration, 4.39 a.m. Hey, folks. This goes to um, Twitter. Hey, folks, wanted to use the term Mr. Mr. He used, they use the term Mr. Mr. Goldman just used. Wanted to flag the below tweet and I'm wondering if we can get moving on the process for having it removed ASAP. Boom. That is. Could you read the below tweet? And then if we can keep an eye out for tweets that fall in this same genre, uh, genre that would be great. This is a tweet on ve- the very issue that Ma- uh, Thomas uh, can you just, brought. For I the fullness of the record, can you re- re- uh, read the, because I've not seen this, can you read the tweet that it's referencing? I don't have the tweet here with me, but the oh, gentleman's shocking. point was, w- tell us, you said no time did government try to tell uh, Twitter to take that, to explicitly remove something. And No, I said explicitly says, remove lawful speech. Lawful speech. We're going to conflate. The First Amendment does not is not absolute. Twitter, this is something for. All right, listen to me, a hole, Mr. Goldman. You, you may have been in the Southern District of New York, but you don't get the Constitution. This has nothing to do with lawful or unlawful speech. It has to do with the role of the government interfering with free speech. It's to protect the individual. What do you mean by lawful or unlawful speech? What does that mean? The fact is you have a White House official telling Twitter to remove a tweet. That violates the First Amendment. And you have White House officials, you have the FBI, you have a whole panoply of federal agencies, as Mr. Talibius testified to under oath who are monitoring and working with and discussing these various issues, not because they have nothing to do, not because they're just killing time, but because they want to influence speech. That's unconstitutional. You get it, moron? See if he'll come on the show. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, and AT&T or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Debbie Wasserman Schultz at the hearing attacking Taibbi. Cut eight, go. Elon Musk spoon-fed... Elon Musk spoon-fed you his cherry-picked information 
which you must have suspected promotes a slanted viewpoint or at the very least generates another right-wing conspiracy theory. You violated your own standard and you appear to have benefited from it. Before the release of emails in, of the emails in August of last year, you had 661,000 Twitter followers. After the Twitter files, your oh followers doubled and now it's three times what it was last August. I imagine your Substack readership, which is a subscription, increased significantly because of the work that you did for Elon Musk. Now, I'm not asking you to put a dollar figure on it, but it's quite obvious that you've profited from the Twitter files. You hit the jackpot on that Vegas slot machine to which you referred. That's true, isn't it? I've also reinvested. You've made a some. No, 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 no. Is it true that you have profited since you were received? You were this recipient of the Twitter files. You've made money. Yes or no? I Very think it's probably question. a wash, honestly. You know, no. ladies and gentlemen, for these two gentlemen who are real journalists to be treated this way is unbelievable. And I'm going to assume that all these professional associations that are out there to represent and defend journalists are going to speak out at the New York Times, the Washington Post, and they're going to defend these guys, right? No way. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, and AT&T or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. I want to welcome our friend Julie Kelly, who deserves the Pulitzer Prize, but we gave her the Mark Prize, you know, about 6, 8, 10, 12 months ago, which is better than the Pulitzer Prize anyway. Julie, how are you? I'm great, and yes, so much better. It's still the thrill of a lifetime to get the Mark Levin <laughs> Award, so thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. One of these days we'll make one and send it to you. Anyway, here's the thing. I was watching some of these tapes, and I was watching particularly with the fella, you know, with the with the Viking hat and so forth. Have these defendants had access to all these tapes before their trials or their plea deals? Do you know? No. The answer is no. Unbelievable. Um, and Jacob Chansley's story, it, it is, is particularly heartbreaking, Mark, and I followed this since the spring of 2021. Listen to this. You're an attorney. The DOJ was ready to go with charges. He uh, he was um, indicted by a grand jury, Mark, five days after January 6th. The first grand jury indictment against Jacob Chansley was handed down January 11th, mm. 2021 with serious charges like civil disorder, obstruction of, a, of an official proceeding. They didn't even have any evidence against him yet. 
And Mark, at, throughout 2021, the DOJ repeatedly blew through discovery deadlines that they told the court they were building a special platform so all the defendants and their attorneys could access all the digital information. Of course, this is one of the most, this is the most recorded event in American history. But they arrested people first, got evidence later, and still to this day, the defendants do not have access to the footage that the House Democrats kept under seal for two years and that Tucker's team had access to the past few weeks. Boy, it's amazing what one election can do, isn't it, Julie? So let me ask you this. I assume lawyers had raised, some of them, with some of their clients, had raised the issue of access to these tapes before. And what's going on with these judges? I mean, I assume... Some of them are going to raise it again if they didn't raise it the first time. The judges here, Mark, as you can imagine, are the real villains. DOJ only gets away with whatever the judges let them. And this this D.C. District Court has acted as nothing more than a rubber stamp for the government, allowing them to mislead the court in terms of their discovery obligations. And now we even see judges... There was a woman found guilty today of numerous charges. She immediately filed a motion to delay her trial so she could access this video. And the judge said, no, that's all right. You know, maybe we'll need to see it, but it's not relevant to your case. This man is going to be the new chief judge of the D.C. District Court. He's an Obama appointee. Yeah. James Goldberg, correct. Um, and he re- he will replace really the the despicable Beryl Howell, another um, Obama appointee. Yes, yes. So it's really a uh, banana republic style environment in Washington D.C. And how does the judge know it's not relevant? Has he looked at all the tapes? We now know that the committee members didn't look at all the tapes. Right. Of course not. Um, because most of these tapes, again, have been archived by uh, Congress. You had 14,000 hours, Mark, that um, captured what happened between noon and 8 o'clock. That is what Capitol Police turned over to the FBI early 2021. But House Democrats asked Capitol Police to archive the entire um, 24-hour timeline. So you can only imagine things that would have popped up, say, you know, 11 o'clock that morning, 10 o'clock that morning, if there were people planted inside the building, what was happening on Capitol grounds. Um, but the, these defense attorneys have only been able to see what DOJ has allowed them to. This, this, I want the public to understand that if you're an aggressive, competent defense attorney, you want access to all the information so you can go through it with your client. Uh, you, want, you want to know if there are FBI uh, undercover agents there so you can point out that the FBI entrapped or something like that. If you're a court and you don't allow access and you don't allow that kind of discovery... You're not allowing due process. You can't defend your client. And that's what's taking place here generally, right? That's absolutely what's taking place and has been. Unfortunately, so many of these defendants have been left with really poor counsel. Jacob Chansley is one of them. His attorney, Albert Watkins, should never have forced Jacob into pleading guilty to obstruction without all of the evidence. But he sold this guy down the river. He said horrible things about Trump supporters, that they were short bus people. He blamed Donald Trump for the events the defense of lawyer? January 6th. Yes, the defense lawyer. And now a couple of members of the Oversight Committee, Comer among them, 
as I understand it, they want to take a look at the jail. And the way the media write this up is absolutely disgusting. You've been all over this. Has anybody from the New York Times ever taken a look at this D.C. jail? Do you know? No, they have not. Washington None Post? of the January 6th beat reporters have. Nope. Nope. And, I and know that's the in their backyard. It's right there. down the road. That's right. So oh, you, Mark, you have people. Yeah. No, they, they're beat reporters who are covering these trials and hearings. They could walk to the jail from the D.C. District Courthouse. They don't care because they're, as you know, they're, they're regime puppets. They're going to mimic. Think about this, Mark. Journalists this week outraged at transparency and truth. Mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson didn't make up any of the videos. He didn't reenact things at the Capitol, you know, with people dressed up like Jacob Chansley or Brian Sicknick. This was legitimate government-owned video. And journalists, instead of condemning people like Chuck Schumer for calling for Tucker Carlson to be taken off the air, they instead are going along with this, thinking that this is some kind of a threat, that Tucker Carlson is is releasing government video that shows a different side of what happened on January 6th. And they just keep lying about the deaths that happened that day to police officers. There were none. None. Police officers weren't killed. Now, look, if you attack a police officer and so forth, you're going to be prosecuted and charged. But so far, they've prosecuted or have jailed or whatever they're doing almost a thousand people, Julie. A thousand people weren't in there trashing cops. No, in fact, uh, the data from the Justice Department bears that out. About 10 percent of the total number of criminal defendants are charged with attacking police officers with some sort of weapon. The overwhelming majority of charges are low-level misdemeanors like parading in the Capitol. But, Mark, I'll tell you something even more alarming. Matthew Graves, the D.C. U.S. attorney who we've talked about, he told The Washington Post that figure would double, that they believe the total caseload will reach 2,000 defendants. Now, Mark, when was the last time you heard a federal government prosecutor put a quota on an investigation and prosecution? Um, But I'll tell you, today there were some interesting developments. Yesterday and today in the Proud Boys trial, they actually have very good defense attorneys. And they caught an FBI agent lying on the stand, concealing evidence, doctoring evidence, and in one communication being told by an FBI boss to destroy over 300 pieces of evidence in a case. They're not sure if it's this case or another case. Um, So these are sort of the revelations that can come out in a trial when defendants are properly uh, uh, defended by their by their counsel. So and this is what I read that you wrote about to or talked about, and that is that we have an FBI agent here who doctored evidence for the trial in order to get this guy convicted. Correct. Yes. So this is part of an FBI uh, chat room or chat uh, application um, called Links, where the FBI agents talk about cases, investigations, etc. And they tried to hide uh, thousands of messages under the Jenks rule, as you know, turning over, you know, any sort of communications that relate to the specific case. Well, someone on the defense uh, team found these hidden messages, and it is a trove of exculpatory evidence for the defendants and incriminating evidence for the FBI. Um, one agent told another agent to remove the agent's name from a confidential human source report 
Now, Mark, we know at least probably a dozen, 15 FBI informants were run into the Proud Boys months before January 6th. So they want to doctor the evidence of that. And more egregiously, you had the FBI spying on privileged communications between attorney, uh, an attorney and um, their defendant, their client, reading the emails and then warning, it looks like, the chief prosecutor that this particular defendant planned to go to trial. I mean, there and you have the judge, Judge Tim Kelly, who is sitting there in that courtroom seeing all of this develop and running interference for the government time and time again. Um, it's so just enraging, but the truth is coming up. He's a Trump judge, right? He sure is. Yep. I want people to understand how district court judges are chosen. You heard me say Trump judge? It may not be a Trump judge at all. He nominated him, but a lot of deals are made at the district court level, not typically the appellate court, never the Supreme Court in order to get through two of our nominees through the Judiciary Committee in the Senate, a president might agree to one of theirs. Reagan did it. Every president has done it. Trump has done it. So we don't really know if this guy's quote-unquote a Trump judge, even though he was nominated by Trump, if you, if you know what I mean. And I'll tell everybody one other thing. These district court judges, they have lunch together. They sit in a conference room. They bring their lunch in. Whether they get it at a cafeteria, they bring it. They become socially friendly. They become buddies. And this is also part of the problem, isn't it, Julie? I'll do you one better with Judge Tim Kelly. Not only did he once work in the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, the very same office that's prosecuting every case, his wife is a top official for D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. There you go. That's how incestuous Washington, D.C. is and why none of these trials should take place in the nation's capital. This is one of the things I've been thinking about, about telling the House Republicans and at least start the process, that the idea that Washington, D.C., that goes 95 percent Democrat every presidential election, um, that that jury of your peers for a Republican or Trump supporter or whomever you are, it's not a jury of your peers. It's impossible to be a jury of your peers, given the ideological differences and given the hate that's developed in the city for, say, a Trump or whatever. And so it's very difficult, if not impossible, to get a fair trial. And so something needs to be done about this. There needs to be a new Judiciary Act. I've actually been thinking about this because the jurisdiction needs to be removed. I'm not even talking about the venue. The entire jurisdiction for that district needs to be removed and, uh, and, and sort of spread around to different parts of the country because this is ridiculous. And you're 100% correct. This guy, Kelly, from what you just told me then about his wife, then I know for sure he was, that, that was a deal made to put him in there because the Trump people wouldn't typically put somebody like that in there. I can't imagine. Any final comments, Julie? Just thank you for covering this. Um, you can tell uh, that the truth is coming out, that the January 6th narrative is completely unraveling by the utter panic and hysteria in the media, congressional Democrats, and, of course, our rhino uh, Republican senators, from Mitch McConnell to Mitt Romney down to uh, Lindsey Graham, who uh, also expressed outrage that Tucker had access to this video. It's unbelievable to me that they put up with this January 6th committee, this Stalinist-organized effort by Nancy Pelosi, 
And it goes on and on. And the American people, the information was censored from us. And uh, now we know members didn't even look at the videos that uh, the staff did. And uh, they even allowed, as I understand it, Tucker and Fox, for the Capitol Police to take a look at everything to make sure nothing violated their security protocols, and it didn't. And there's still attack for this. So that tells you that McConnell, Romney, and the rest, they want these people rounded up. They want them thrown in jail. They don't believe they should have fair trials and due process. And uh, that's perfectly fine by them, right? It sure is. 18 Republican senators voted to give this DOJ a $3.5 billion raise, including five, which will um, help hire almost 100 temporary federal lawyers to strictly prosecute January 6th defendants. 18 Republican senators voted to give this DOJ a raise and empower this political persecution, this rampage against Trump supporters that is destroying their lives, breaking up their families, bankrupting them. Um, and uh, it's really shameful what uh, this the Senate Republicans have said now, or more importantly, Mark, what they have not said about what this DOJ mm. is doing. It's disgusting. It really is. All right, my yeah. friend, you take care of yourself, Julie. You've done a tremendous job. That's Julie Kelly. If people want to find you, where do they go? Um, all my works at American Greatness, uh, amgreatness.com. I post a lot of things happening in court on Twitter, Julie underscore Kelly, too. And my book, January 6th, which I will always have the eternal honor uh, of having your endorsement on my book. So thank you, Mark, for covering all my work and getting this crucial information to the American people. Julie, it's my honor. You've done a tremendous job. I want to thank you. Take care of yourself. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, and AT&T or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, these... Uh Rogue Democrat prosecutors. It's funny. They don't want to prosecute killers and rapists and, and the people who brutalize other people and are recidivists, but they, they want to get Trump. And so they're breaking information out here from the Holocaust-denying New York slimes. Prosecutors signal criminal charges for Trump are likely. And this is based on an invitation he's gotten to go before a Manhattan grand jury next week if he wishes to testify. And, of course, they put three reporters on this. It's a leak, of course. 
And I want to discuss this at greater length next hour because there's not enough time in this uh, hour to do it. So I hope you'll stick with me. But it is truly, <coughs> it's truly grotesque. I mean, this is just unbelievable. I, I don't even care if you like Donald Trump or not. You, you've got to understand that they treat this guy like he's uh, some kind of mass criminal. It's just, I've never seen anything like this before. It goes from one prosecutor to the next. And then the feds got two grand juries. And what exactly did he do to deserve this? Nothing. So they twist, camp, they twist campaign laws. They twist um, old laws involving uh, obstruction. They twist laws involving uh, Presidential Records Act. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So I need to get into this with you next hour, and we'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Anyway, um, here's the New York Times. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office recently signaled to Donald Trump's lawyers that he could face criminal charges for his role in the payment of hush money to a porn star. The strongest indication yet that prosecutors are nearing an indictment of the former president, according to four people with knowledge of the matter. Four. Four leakers. From the DA's office. This guy Bragg. He didn't prosecute anybody. Didn't prosecute anybody. I mean, what is this, Trump? It's a joke. Prosecutors offered Mr. Trump the chance to testify next week before the grand jury that's been hearing evidence of the potential case. Such offers almost always indicate an indictment is closed would be unusual for the DA, Alvin Bragg, to notify a potential defendant without ultimately seeking charges against him. In New York, Potential defendants have the right to answer questions to the grand jury before they're indicted, but they rarely testify. Mr. Trump's likely to decline the offers. Lawyers could also meet privately with the prosecutors in hopes of fending off criminal charges. Any case would mark the first indictment of a former American president. 
could upend the 2024 presidential race. It would also elevate Mr. Bragg to the national stage, though not without risk. Oh, so it's about Bragg. Now, Bragg is a Soros prosecutor. So Bragg is a Soros prosecutor. And what do you make of that, America? What do you make of that? Become the first prosecutor to charge Trump. I blame the U.S. Supreme Court for this, and specifically the Chief Justice, John Roberts, for this. Because he set the, uh, he opened the door to all this crap. And look, look what they want to charge him for. The Manhattan Inquiry, which has spanned nearly five years, centers on a $130,000 payment to the porn star Stormy Daniels in the final days of the 2016 presidential campaign. The payment was made by Michael Cohen, oh, what a sleazeball, Trump's former fixer who was later reimbursed by Mr. Trump from the White House. Mr. Cohen is expected to testify in front of the grand jury, but has not done so yet. The DA's office has already questioned at least six other people before the grand jury. Is this what the DA in Manhattan does? Seriously? Seriously? With all the crime that's going on there, the DA's office has already questioned six other people. Bragg's prosecutors have not finished the grand jury presentation, and he could still decide against seeking an indictment. Have they sat down, these prosecutors, with the New York Times and told them what's going on in the grand jury? Now, let me say this publicly. Somebody needs to take on the DA's office right now because you are not free as a prosecutor to talk about what took place in the grand jury room. As a prosecutor, you are not free to do that. Mr. Trump has previously said the prosecutors are engaged in a witch hunt against him that began before he became president. And has called Mr. Bragg a Democrat who's black a politically motivated racist. Well, he is a racist. As are most of the Soros appointees. Even if Mr. Trump is indicted, convicting him or sending him to prison will be challenging. The case against the former president hinges on a untested, listen, listen to this, an untested and therefore risky legal theory involving a complex interplay of laws, all amounting to a low-level felony. If Mr. Trump were ultimately convicted, he would face a maximum sentence of four years, though prison time would not be mandatory. As I told you at the beginning of this program, before this story was out, they twist these laws into a pretzel and try and find a way to apply them to Trump. And I've gone through this legal issue several years back over and over and over again. Why I think this is an absolute joke. Trump's lawyers are also sure to attack Cohen, who in 2018 pleaded guilty to federal charges related to the hush money, the 130000 payment came during the final stretch of the 2016 presidential campaign when Ms. Daniels' representatives contacted the National Enquirer to offer exclusive rights to her story about an affair with Mr. Trump, David Pecker, that's correct, the tabloid's publisher and a longtime ally of Mr. Trump had agreed to look out for potentially damaging stories, never published it. 
But Mr. Pecker didn't bite his Ms. Daniels story. Instead, he and the tabloid's top editor, Dylan Howard, helped broker a separate deal between Mr. Cohen and Ms. Daniels' lawyer. Mr. Trump later reimbursed Mr. Cohen through monthly checks. So what? They call it hush money. Isn't that interesting? This is a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA. Apparently she was paid money. It's part of a non-disclosure agreement. It's not hush money. But they use the phrase hush money because they want to create implications of criminality. The federal case against Mr. Cohen, prosecutors said Mr. Trump's company falsely accounted for the monthly payments as legal expenses. The company records cited a retainer agreement with Mr. Cohen. You know, this is a multi-billion dollar corporation. Look what they're doing here. Although Mr. Cohen was a lawyer and became Mr. Trump's personal attorney after he took office. There was no such retainer agreement and reimbursement was unrelated to any legal service Mr. Cohen performed. In New York, falsifying business records. So there's not a retainer agreement? Really? This is so thin it's not funny, but they bring, they'll bring something potentially in Manhattan because... It's not a jury of of Donald Trump's peers. That's why. In this case, the second crime could be a violation of New York state election law. While hush money is not inherently illegal, it's not hush money, a-holes. The prosecutors could argue that a $130,000 payment effectively became an improper donation. I've dealt with that before. It's a ridiculous legal theory. They call it a novel legal theory for any criminal case. So they're doing a novel legal... Oh, Maggot Haberman contributed to the reporting. Maggot Haberman contributed to the reporting? Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know? She's so obsessed with Trump. I think she has like this romantic thing for him. I could be dead wrong. I don't know. It just seems like that. She can't get enough. This is a phony case. Novel law. Novel theory. It is a phony case. I'm just telling you this, ladies and gentlemen, and this you have a Soros prosecutor in a Democrat city with Democrat judges, Democrat jurors, like in Atlanta. It's just shocking. Shocking to me. This is not the first Manhattan grand jury to hear evidence about Mr. Trump before leaving office at the end of 2021. Mr. Bragg's predecessor, Cyrus Vance Jr., another Democrat hack, had directed prosecutors to begin presenting evidence to an earlier grand jury. That potential case focused on the former president's business practices, in particular whether he fraudulently inflated his net worth by billions of dollars in order to secure favorable terms on loans and other benefits. But Mr. Bragg, soon after taking office, grew concerned about the strength of that case and halted the presentation, prompting two senior prosecutors leading the investigation to resign. Oh, good. Get lost. Nobody cares. Now, here's the thing. So Cyrus Vance is going down a rabbit hole on a case that has really no evidence. But they're trying to slap together something. But even Soros' prosecutor, Bragg, can't seem to figure out how to do it. 
And now Bragg says, you know what? I'll find something. And what is it? Stormy Daniels. And it must be in here 10 times, the New York Times calling this hush money, a non-disclosure agreement. I would ask Maggot Haberman and Sean Piccoli, if that is his name. I would ask William Rashbaum, Ben Pro Protest, and Jonathan M. E. Bromwich. Jonah Bromwich, excuse me. I wonder if he's from the Bromwich family. Not that one, the other one. If they've ever entered in a... I, hey, I have a better idea. Tell me, has the New York Times ever entered into non-disclosure agreements? Yes. Do they call it hush money? Has the Washington Compost ever entered into non-disclosure agreements? Yes. Do they call it hush money? Does the company I work for, Cumulus Westwood One, have they ever entered into non-disclosure agreement? I'm sure. Is that called hush money? How about the Washington Compost? They've entered into non-disclosure agreements. So has CNN, non-disclosure agreements. I'll bet NBC, ABC, CBS, and MSNBC have entered into non-disclosure agreements. Thousand of them a minute are entered into. A lot of people who leave their jobs have to sign non-disclosure agreements in order to get severance payments and so forth. Almost all of them. Is that hush money? Hush. Oh, hush money. Hush money. You're paid to shut your mouth. To keep your complaints confidential. And you accept that money. So Stormy obviously accepted the money. For a lot of things. But obviously that too. No, no. It was an illegal campaign contribution. You know, they tried that one on John Edwards and it didn't fly with the jury. They tried that on John Edwards. And you know who brought that case, Mr. Producer? The special counsel who's now going after Trump in Washington, D.C. And he lost that case. But it doesn't matter. Now, here we have a man who is announced candidate for the Republican nomination for president. Depending on the polls, but it looks like so far he's leading in the polls. Whether that'll last, I don't know, but he is now. And so they're trying to cripple the guy. They're trying to make it impossible for him to be the nominee. That's what George Soros was is doing with his DA. That's what's going on in Atlanta. That's what's going on with Joe Biden. When his own administration is investigating somebody who might be his opponent? What the hell is this? Stalin? Yes, it is. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I want you to think about this. You have a Soros prosecutor cheered on by the New York Slimes who's coming up with novel legal theories 
to indict a former president who's running to be the president now. I want you to think about this. Why do you have to develop novel legal theories? If there's not a violation of law, black letter law, why are you trying to develop theories? That's pretty sickening. Sickening. They're going to use novel legal theories in hopes that they can convict a former president? There ought to be outrage across the country from real lawyers, from real people. But there aren't. And this guy Soros, what a low life. What an absolute low life. And notice he's never charged with anything. He's never investigated for anything. Trying to create legal theories to indict a former president. That's it's it's uh it's just it it's it I'm speechless. I don't know what to say anymore. And they wonder why people get furious. They wonder why people get furious. Well, I'm not going anywhere. We'll keep fighting this thing. And uh, we're going to have to keep fighting this thing. Now, by the way, I just to give you an example of what's going on in this country. Biden EPA proposes new wastewater regulations that will kill coal plants. Proposing new rules that would impose stricter limits on the wastewater produced by coal-fired power plants, although companies could opt out by choosing to shut down their coal operations. Require generators to completely eliminate all pollution from flue gas, wastewater, and bottom ash transport water, two common types of pollution, impose stricter limits on a variety of chemical pollutants, uh... To avoid the restrictions, some companies could instead comply with burning natural gas or shutting down coal fire plants entirely. So here's what they do. They say, okay, let's look at the coal flower plants, and they do. And they say, now what regulations can we put in place to shut them down? What, what regulation? And they come up with the regulation. Used to be, I recall... When the United Mine Workers had political clout and power in the Democrat Party, now they have none. Now they have none. Used to be that we cared about these men and women. Apparently we don't anymore. Certainly the Democrats don't. And so this is a backdoor way of shutting them down. Meanwhile, the Communist Chinese are busy building coal power plants, multiple plants every single day. Now look at this. Oil execs raise red flags on U.S. energy as production flounders under Biden. Biden's new budget proposes another $31 billion tax on top of what they've already created under that phony omnibus bill on these oil production companies. OPEC once again dominates the global oil market as the shell revolution wanes and encounters increasing costs and demands to return cash to shareholders likely leading to rising crude oil prices, ladies and gentlemen. The Shell Revolution was the greatest technological advance in the production of energy and making this country energy independent in a century. 
and they've shut it down. So the coal mines are out, shell production's out, new oil wells are out, but there's more. Companies must make diversity pledge to qualify for $6 billion Biden initiative. The Biden administration's newly launched $6.3 billion decarbonization fund will require companies to submit a, quote, community benefits plan in order to be considered, said the Department of Energy. Applications to the fund known as the Industrial Demonstrations Program will have, quote, 20 percent of the technical merit review be based on whether these plans sufficiently advance four administration goals. Investment in America's workforce, engaging communities in labor, diversity, equity, inclusion and accessibility and implementing Justice 40. The DOE's Justice 40 is a White House initiative that targets 40 percent of certain federal spending projects benefit disadvantaged communities are overburdened by pollution. So federal funds now moving to advance the left-wing phony climate change agenda and to fund billionaires who are Democrats and leftists and their businesses. Nobody else need apply. You believe this? I'll be right back. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. Folks, I have posted an article a few years back that's still relevant about Thomas L. Friedman of the New York Times. And his hatred for the state of Israel. And, uh, of course, he pretends he doesn't, like most secularists do. There's a man he married into great wealth. He lives on an estate, I think, in Bethesda, Maryland, worth many millions of dollars. In his youth, he spent some time in Egypt. He spent some time in Israel. He's, he's rewritten his history. He wants you to believe he really became troubled by Israel really around 2009 with Netanyahu. Of course, that's not true. He was part of a group that um, demonstrated to allow Yasser Arafat to speak at the United Nations. He made excuses for Arafat and the PLO. He wrote about them as a young man. He has pushed hard for this so-called two-state solution, even with all the terrorism that's taken place. He's a radical leftist, is what he is. That's why years ago he, he praised the communist Chinese system more than once and denounced our own, and denounced our own. At least they get things done, he said. Guess he's not aware that they don't have a free press and guys like him would wind up well, like other people, head shaved and off to the salt mines. And so Thomas Friedman has been a radical leftist for many decades. He's been hostile to a truly democrat Israel for decades. And so when he writes pieces trashing that country and trashing our country, you need to understand his background. 
So I want to encourage you to read it. It is on my sites, all the sites, right, Rich? And it's from Commentary Magazine. And it's still a good piece, though, even though it's a couple of years old. I want you to check it out so you know more about Thomas Friedman. I want to jump into this Ukraine situation again. Putin doesn't care how many of his own people he kills. And he's having them killed. God, I think they're talking about maybe 100,000 so far. And he certainly doesn't care about how many Ukrainians he kills, including civilians. He's now using hypersonic missiles in order to avoid the defense missiles that Ukraine has. The president of Ukraine, Zelensky, is a very honorable man. He's trying to hold his country together while he's fighting the Russians. And he's not just fighting the Russians, he's fighting the Iranians, he's fighting the North Koreans, and to some extent the Communist Chinese. And he's being endorsed strongly by the nations to the West, Eastern Europe, because they know what happens if Ukraine falls. Because Putin made it clear, but apparently some of our people aren't listening, or they don't want to listen, or they deceive themselves and you. Because they become ideological rather than prudential. That is, they have a viewpoint, they're going to stand by it no matter what you say to them. No matter what the evidence is. So, ideological foreign policy is unacceptable. A prudential foreign policy is what we believe in. Peace through strength is the Reagan phrase. It's the Trump phrase. It's not peace through appeasement. Now, I think maybe what I ought to do, Mr. Producer, is when we have candidates on there, is ask them their position on this. Because if they believe in cut and running, I don't think I can support them. If they believe all the pablum from the left that's being puked out by the phony populists who claim to be conservatives, that's a problem for me. Well, what about Trump, you ask? But Trump isn't a cut-and-run guy, I answer. He didn't cut-and-run in the Middle East. He didn't cut-and-run when it came to Afghanistan. He had a plan that he would have put in place. He didn't cut-and-run with Taiwan, and he didn't cut-and-run with Ukraine. And if you listen to him carefully, he's not saying, I'm going to cut-and-run, as we discussed the other day. When he talks about Afghanistan, he says he would never have left under those circumstances. And I believe that. And he was building up NATO like no former president. If you're going to cut and run, you don't do that. But he also provided more armaments to Ukraine, and I might add Taiwan, than the prior administration. And I suspect he would have prevented the invasion in the first place of Ukraine by the way he would have handled Afghanistan. But all that said, leaders and statesmen, they lead. They don't follow. On domestic issues and foreign policy issues. And I'm only talking about this now because the pressure's on, I've been watching TV and listening to radio, to drop Ukraine. We've spent enough money there. 
This is really bizarre to me. We've spent enough money there? What does that mean? They're fighting their own war. They're getting equipment and resources from us. I'm all in favor of having as many inspectors general as are necessary to make sure they're not stealing the money. But finally, we have an ally that fights. Finally, we have an ally that fights. And they've, they've unleashed holy hell on the Russian military. The problem is, Russia's four and a half times the size. Russia still has equipment and weaponry that the Ukrainians don't. And they got the numbers that the Ukrainians don't. And yet, look at the Ukrainians. Everybody thought they would fold. Now the problem is, we literally have people, pseudo-conservatives, I don't even know if they consider themselves conservatives anymore. They come up with new names because they're so brilliant. Populists. Well, populists in the late 1800s were considered socialists. Nationalists. Really? Well, nationalists were considered leftists. We're constitutional conservatives. That's what we are. We don't need new names. This isn't about bumper stickers. They can't even describe what they mean by these terms anyway. They They haven't laid out an ideal principles, nothing. What is their foreign policy? What is their foreign policy when it comes to Iran? What is their foreign policy when it comes to Cuba? What is their foreign policy when it comes to Taiwan and communist China? What is their foreign policy when it comes to North Korea? I'd love to know. Because you'll never hear it. There's nothing rational. There's nothing rational. It's incredible. All you hear is the name calling. You must be a warmonger. No, I'm not, actually. A neocon. No, actually, I'm not. I'm a Reaganite. Well, you must be chicken hawk. No, not that either. Most of the people who say that are. I just know what Putin says he's going to do. That he would cut through Ukraine, and then Poland, Romania, the Balkan states. He said it. He wrote it. 18 months ago. Why don't we believe these people? Communist China said they're going to devour Hong Kong. They have. Now they say they're going to devour Taiwan. Why don't we believe what they say? And prepare for it. Does it sound like we're preparing for it? Used to be at least we conservatives had to had to stand up and say we need to build up our military. Nobody's demanding. Nobody's demanding that we we have forever wars. This isn't a forever war. It's slightly over a year. And I talked to you about the Revolutionary War. Thank God the French didn't didn't say we're not doing a forever war with those American colonists. Eight years, eight and a half years, that Revolutionary War. Then they send their Navy over here, and without them, we couldn't have won the Revolutionary War, the Battle of Yorktown. There were 29,000 French soldiers and sailors, 9,000 American soldiers. We couldn't have won without the French. And of course, the great Americans were fighting too, at all costs. But thank God they didn't say, that's a forever war. 
And they would have said, those Americans, they can't fight. They never win battles. Because we didn't win many battles. It was a war of attrition that Washington was leading. We won a few battles, especially the last one. But we lost most of them. And we lost a lot of men. So, I just think this whole Ukraine thing is, is b- bizarrely become ideological. There are certain people, really, outliers, who support Putin, who support Russia, even though they pretend they don't. They do. They also opposed Trump when he took out Soleimani over in Iran. Be careful. Be careful about what you hear, left or right, Republican, Democrat, whatever it is. Stick to your principles. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, Mr. Producer, how much time do I have? Christopher Ray, ladies and gentlemen, seems to me as soon as we get our next Republican president, he needs to be fired. Let's go to cut 10. Go. Lastly, did you sign off on the Mar-a-Lago raid? Uh, well, first off, it was not a raid. It was an execution of a search warrant. Did you second, sign off on the execution second, of the search warrant? If, may I finish? Second, I don't sign off on individual search warrants in that case or in any other. Did Attorney General Merrick Garland sign off to your awareness? I can't speak to the Attorney General. Was there dissent at senior Let's levels? Stop a minute. The- you see what a you see what a deceiving bureaucrat this man is, but he knows who signed off on the warrant, and he had to approve it, whether he signed it or not. Signed off on it. The judge signs a warrant, but signed off on it. So he's playing games. Elise Stefanik's trying to pin him down. This guy has to go. And unfortunately, the Republicans in the Senate, as you heard from Julie Kelly, gave $3.5 billion more to the Department of Injustice, including the FBI. In the next budget round, it needs to be slashed. His office needs to have its budget slashed. And they need to get a hold of the American Stasi. And this fool who runs it needs to get his ass kicked out of office. Next time a Republican president is elected. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, the men and women in Ukraine who are being brutalized, the men and women in Taiwan. We stand with you all. In America, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.